And let's get right to it. Let's get to the question of the day. And it's simple. Will Aaron Judge hit home run number 62 today or tomorrow? You can actually uh, vote on this question on Twitter. Right now it's 50-50. Vote at Duck Millard on Twitter. Will Aaron Judge hit home run number 62 today or tomorrow? He's, he's not free-swinging right now. Which could be good things for the uh, Blue Jays in the play or the Yankees in the playoffs, because maybe he relaxes and starts hitting bombs. Um, <laughs> Gord of Thunder on Twitter says uh, about baseball: the Jays will win it all, or Trade Master Three Thousand will be shanghaied and overpowered by Toronto baseball trade proposals. Maybe upgrade the surge protector just in case. Very good, very good advice, uh, Gord of Thunder. Uh, we'll try to bring back Trade Master Three Thousand on Friday. So, question of the day, you can vote on it at Duck Millard. Uh, poll question, will Aaron Judge hit home run number 62 today or tomorrow? Likely only has one more at bat. The Yankees are down 4-3, so they could force extras, but likely only one more at bat for Judge today and then one more game tomorrow. Day off Thursday, uh, the Yankees will get the first round by and the awesome wild card series starts on Friday. One of the best times of the year for me is baseball playoffs. Also, it means the hockey season is right around the corner. And our top three today, asking you your top three Vesna candidates. Who are your top three Vesna candidates in the NHL? Now, I, you might be surprised to not see a name on this list, and that is a guy in Tampa. And I said this yesterday when we had Kyle Hall on the show from the Broadway Hat podcast who covers the New York Rangers. I don't think enough people are believing in Igor Shosturkin. I think, and, and I think this is the year he takes over as the number one goalie. I think Tampa has played a lot of hockey. I think Vasilevsky is going to hit some sort of roadblock at some point. So that I didn't even put him in my top three. I think Shesterkin takes over as the number one goalie. I think Darcy Kemper in Washington is going to get a lot of wins. He's going to face more shots, too, so he's got to be up for the challenge, but that could boost him into the top three. And Jake Ottinger, terrific in the playoffs. Absolutely terrific in the playoffs. So I'm putting him in there. He's got a new contract. I think it's a good bet to see Jake Ottinger uh, in the top three. Now, it's it's the third guy, so it's I'm not feeling as confident as Shesterkin and Kemper, but still taking a chance on that. Who are your top three Vesna candidates? Hit me up on Twitter, at Duck Millard, or you can uh, chime in right here on Twitch. It's twitch.tv. Slash Ultimate Fantasy Sports. You can chime in right in the message board with everybody who is joining us on the show today. 
So who are your top three Vesna candidates as we get closer and closer to the NHL season? We're going to talk some hockey and get some uh, predictions. Uh, for me, when it comes to the top 10 scoring centers. That's what I'm going with uh, today. We'll do positions by positions uh, as we get close to the season. So hit me up with your top three, either on Twitter or you can join us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ultimate fantasy sports. Uh, never fear JP is here face palm circus. And he says, Aaron judge is going to hit his uh, 62nd home run tomorrow. Thank you very much. Uh, JP for chiming in on the chat, uh, wherever you're chiming in or listening from, tell me where that is. Love to uh, catch up with where everybody is hanging out as they take in the show. But last night, Monday night football. Uh, Andy Mack was right on the Cam Akers. I don't know what is going on with the Rams. I'm not sure. But I do know that when it comes to Jimmy G, the guy just wins, baby. Like, he is kryptonite in the regular season for the Rams. Look at that career record against the Rams in the regular season. Obviously, there was a pretty big playoff win en route to the World's or the uh, Super Bowl. As for last night, he wasn't spectacular. 16 of 27, 239 yards, a touchdown, no picks, and 15 fantasy points. So, uh, Jimmy G is not a, a number one quarterback in fantasy, but Jimmy G is a good depth quarterback, a good guy, obviously a good number two quarterback in fantasy that you can throw in if you have a bye week, which everybody will have, or an injury, which most everybody will have. And he wins. I don't know how many uh, leagues count wins for quarterbacks. I don't, I'd never heard of it. It's not like goalies or pitchers uh, with wins or, 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 or closers with saves and, and relievers with holds. So I don't know if you're going to get that, but I think you can get double-digit points out of Jimmy Garoppolo. He's pretty safe, and he wins games. So if you're a 49ers fan, which I know my man Hernan Salas is, you're pretty happy with uh, just getting the win. And you're very happy that the 49ers kept Jimmy G around. Also, uh turning out to be a nice fantasy option is Jeff Wilson Jr. Fantasy depth from the 49ers running back. 13 points last night and progressively getting more and more involved. You know, just 22 yards in week one. 85, 75, 74. And a touchdown last night. A beautiful touchdown. But those are consistent numbers that you can look in and say, okay, this is good running back two or flex option. Let's see him get into the triple digits and maybe a couple of touchdowns before you start anointing this guy as your number one. He shouldn't be, but definitely some depth. So some interesting depth players from the 49ers. Oh, and there's a home run in the Yankee game, everybody. 
and it's not Aaron Judge. It's Kyle Higashioka. I mean, everybody is hitting home runs for the Yankees except Aaron Judge. Now, the good thing is, Aaron Judge is coming up to the plate right now. So I will be giving you play-by-play, pitch-by-pitch of what Aaron Judge is doing as we are talking about this. You might want to flick on an extra TV at some point because you definitely want to keep Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily on your computer. But Judge is up to bat right now, and I'm not sure he's getting... Oh, and he just lines one into uh, center field. So it's not a home run, but he's off the schneid for today. And unless this game goes deep into extra innings, you will be waiting until tomorrow to see Aaron Judge hit number 62. Okay, there we go. Nice little live interlude during the show. As for Jeff Wilson, as I mentioned, let's let's see him get into double digits and, you know, multiple touchdowns every once in a while, like some of the top backs do. But certainly the San Francisco 49ers are providing fantasy teams with, at the very least, some depth options that may be able to turn into something more down the road. Keep in mind, Jimmy Garoppolo even said last week his arm got tired. He did not have the normal type of preseason as far as reps because they weren't counting on him being the number one guy, obviously. I think as Jimmy G gets going, he's going to get better and better. So maybe guys to stash, maybe guys to, um, you know, obviously I think you can start Jeff Wilson as a flex option or running back two possibly, depending on the situation, when you get into the bye weeks for sure. Uh, But certainly uh, things to watch out for with that San Francisco 49er team, um, the least of which is that they're winning games. And the NFC, just like the NFC West, just like the AFC West, will be very interesting. As for uh, production through four weeks of uh, the national football football season, this is uh, point totals according to CBS. And it's Lamar Jackson leading the way at quarterback. Josh Allen, number two, right on his heels with 128 points. Patrick Mahomes, maybe not the best game um, so far this season. Maybe a little bit ordinary, getting used to not having Tyreek Hill, but still third best at 103. Jared Goff, 108, and Jalen Hurts. I predict Jalen Hurts will be in that Patrick Mahomes, uh, Jared Goff spot. He's going to move up one or two spots as the season uh, continues on. Uh, Nick Chubb delivering uh, for all running backs. Uh, Nick Chubb leading the way when it comes to uh, running backs. It's very impressive. Saquon Barkley. We told you before the season that this guy was coming into the year with a chip on his shoulder. And he's delivering. He was in the Wildcat uh, the other day. Jamal Williams, a lot of hype right now for him. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire, a couple of touchdowns the other night. And like I said, that Chiefs offense without Hill has taken maybe a little bit more time. And Derrick Henry, the guy people were writing off uh, back to being a top five accord or running back uh, in the National Football League. Um, when we look at uh, some of the guys catching the ball, Stefan Diggs is still leading the way. Cooper Cup with a monster game last night. I hope you took the over on that because he covered. 
Uh, he's got 62 points. He vaulted from the number five spot to the number three spot. And then there's Hill and Waddle, uh, the two uh, dynamic duo from Miami, and they're sandwiching Justin Jefferson of the Vikings. Uh, so fairly close race for the top receiver. Not so much uh, for the top tight end, and not surprising. Uh, Travis Kelsey is the man, even though he didn't do a whole lot uh, in their last, uh, in their week four contest. But a pretty big drop off from there. Uh, to Hawkinson, even Andrews, uh, and then Gerald Everett and Zach Ertz. So obviously we know who the top tight ends are in the National Football League. But who are the players that you should be looking at for Week 5 uh, when we're talking about waiver wire targets? Um, th- you know, this is where I'm not going to say uh, you are going to, uh, you know, win your your league outright, but if you don't, Pay attention to the waiver wire. I don't see you losing. So this is an interesting number one uh, on the list, and Brian Robinson Jr. This is a guy who we all know the season, or the, the story, but you should know. He was shot during the preseason. But he has met. He was shot during a, a, a car robbery. They're trying to take his car, and he was shot lower body. He's been medically cleared and will be activated from the injured list at some point in the next three weeks, according to Riverboat Gambler Ron Rivera. Grab this guy, put him on your roster. He is only on forty six percent of the rosters. So I definitely be be looking at that. I also like Raheem Mostert. I I, I like uh, Raheem Mostert. Uh, because I think there's going to be more and more opportunity. Uh, In Atlanta, Tyler Algier, the running back, ran ran 10 times for 84 yards in week four, and he caught his only target. So he saw an increased workload, and with Cordell Patterson being out with a knee injury, there is an opportunity. So he's going to get the ball. And let's see what he does with it. But as I said, I think Mostert is another guy that has a bit of a veteran pedigree, had almost 70 yards, caught three passes. He's out carrying Chase Edmonds. But he only got one touchdown, and that was week one. So anyway... A few guys to focus on. We'll get back into this uh, as we go and throughout the show. Uh, We'll touch on a few other guys. But those are the the top three guys that I would be targeting. And they're all running backs. Uh, I know George Pickens is on there. I'd like to wait and see, but certainly an option. And then, obviously, uh, a few more receivers and a tight end. At the, new, at the bottom with a new quarterback uh, for the Jets. So we'll dive into this as we uh, go throughout the show. We'll get back into this. Uh, we'll also uh, dive into, uh, we're going to get into baseball when we come back with Eric Grossman of What's Your Call Sports. But we're also going to get into some NHL news. Matt Barzell signs a massive new contract with the New York Islanders. This is wild. I did not see that. I guess we know where the Matt or the Johnny Gaudreau money went, and it went all to Matt Barzell. Chew on this one as we will get back to it later on, as well as some interesting um, 
players in training camp and a prediction of the top scoring centers for 2023 or 2022-2023. All of that still to come on the program, but when we come back, we're going to dive into some baseball chatter with Eric Grossman of What's Your Call Sports. This is Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily on twitch.tv slash ultimate fantasy sports. We're back in a second. Just after 4.20 p.m. Eastern, 2.20 in uh, the mountain time zone. But the eastern time zone is uh, what we're a lot of people are going to be focused on, especially starting Friday with the Toronto Blue Jays in the playoffs for the first time. Not as long as Seattle, uh, but the first time in a while uh, for the Blue Jays, it feels like anyway. It's going to be exciting. Uh, I think uh, I remember the last time uh, we remember the bat flip and all that. Uh, I was on the air on the radio and it was wild. So I can't wait for afternoon baseball uh, here on Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily uh, starting Friday. As mentioned, uh, Aaron Judge did not hit a home run today. I do not think he's going to get another at bat. It's the top of the eighth in uh, Texas. The Yankees are up 5-4. So we'll have more on Aaron Judge a little bit later in uh, our fake locker room sound segment. But right now, uh, I want to bring in our guest of the day. It is Eric Grossman from What's Your Call Sports. Eric, uh, it's uh, the best time of the year. Uh, You lived it um, with the Toronto Blue Jays. What's the what do you think the buzz is in the big smoke right now with the Blue Jays just a couple of days away from the playoffs? It's it's awesome. Like uh, I I kind of it kind of takes me back, right? So um to to be able to host it. I mean, just to be able to we we mentioned it, we you know we talked about it last, you know, last time I was on. Um home field advantage, you know, I, I think it's a bit overrated in baseball, but not when it comes to Toronto, not when it comes to the Blue Jays. I I've, I've had the I've had the luck or privilege to go to many stadiums and work and work in many stadiums. No stadium shakes like no stadium vibrates shakes like the one that, like Rogers Center does. I'll never forget it. I'll ne- honestly, I'll never forget that what it felt like. Yeah, I remember being on the air uh, during you know those playoff times, and and like I said, it was it was such an exciting. And this is coming from Edmonton, where 
at this time of the year, the Oilers dominate everything, right? Just like, uh, you know, the Jets or the Giants do and things like that. So uh, Toronto really captured the hearts of, I think, all Canadians, just like the Raptors did. And and uh, hopefully uh, we'll see it again this year. Um, not everything, I guess, is uh, is 100% decided. I guess there's, there's still a few things that can happen. But th- the one thing I want to talk about is... Here we are talking about this great story about Albert Pujols, and it ties into the playoffs because I think we could be talking about Albert Pujols as a potential playoff MVP at some point. I mean, this guy has 11 of his 22 home runs in the last 41 games. He is going into his final playoff on an absolute heater. Maybe we should be talking about Albert Pujols as as an MVP contender in a playoff series at some point. 100%. Like, why not, right? And and it's so I love it when they go out on top. I love it when when the greats go out on top. Like David Ortiz did the same thing. It's like they 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 were like that's you know when you grow up that's he was my time. Al Pujols was the best hitter I've I've seen. Right, him and, and, and Miguel Cabrera, like those those type of guys. It's like it's amazing when they can go out on top the way they are. So why not? Why you know he he's on so he's on fire right now. He is completely dialed in. Um, there's no reason why it won't stop when it gets to the playoffs. I can't think of anything. Been there, done that, right? For him anyway. That's exactly it. And that St. Louis team is, uh, I, I think they're an abs- they, They're a team I don't want the Dodgers to face because they're, although they did beat them last year, but they're, they're that grizzled veteran contender team. Like you look at the Toronto on the other side, it's a fairly young team. This St. Louis team has, you know, veteran moxie oozing out of everything. Um, when, when you look at playoff matchups, obviously the, the one in Toronto is, is the one that you're most excited about. I, I I'm guessing, but when you look around at the rest of the playoff matchups, what really intrigues you? You know, Dean, this is the way I look at it, right? Every team that makes the playoffs is obviously really good. Okay. So I'm always a clean slate guy, like going in and and all those things. Um, But what I look for is it comes down to the pitching. Like we've discussed before, who's got the most pitching. It could be anything starters, relievers. I group them all together as one anyway. How, how short, how short can you make this game? Yes, it's a nine inning game, but how can you, who are the teams that can make it seven innings? And you know what I, if you know what I mean, it's like, who's got those lockdown closers that they're going to go more than one inning. It's not the regular season anymore. So they're going to go an inning and a third an inning and two thirds. Who's got the lockdown closer with the lockdown eighth guy. All of a sudden that team that has, you know, if that particular team has a lead after five or six, the other team starts squeezing the bat a little bit more because they know what's coming. Right. And, and if you say that out loud to yourself and go, oh, I know what's coming. If you look at the Mets with their, the, end, the back end of their bullpen, all of a sudden you get to the seventh inning and you don't have the lead. You're, it goes into your mind. Once it goes into your mind, it's over. It's because everyone's got the physical skills. It's the mindset now at this point. Mental toughness, I guess. I look at this Mets Padres series and it's so interesting because they both have really great starting staffs that are only one team is only going to get one game. Like, I mean, if if the Mets lose, you only get one game out of your incredible staff and you blew the division. That's going to, this is going to be a disappointment for, for whoever loses this series because you know, the Mets had it and they have that great pitching. The Padres made the big trade and everything. So this first series between the Mets and the Padres the the team that loses that is going to feel the most disappointed, in my opinion, out of any playoff team. Here's how you can look at this is how I'm going to look at the, at that series, and this could be obvious, but it's just the way I feel, right? 
the Mets will win if it's four if the scores are four three three two two one five three something like that. The Padres will win thirteen three ten two. Mm-hmm. You don't do you, do you know what I'm trying to like, yeah. you know where I'm going with that? Like if it's going to be a battle of pitching, if it's going to be a battle of bullpens, if it's going to be a battle of tight knit low scoring games, I'm taking the Mets. But if San Diego wins, it's going to be because because they won by a lot. They're not. That's just my feeling. That's just my feeling again. How it's the amount of pitches you have. So you know starters. If you have four starters, but you can only start two because it's let's say it's only two, two out of three and you only get two games. The other guys will still pitch. Like I've been hearing a lot of stuff about oh for the Jays, like who would be the third? You know who would go game three? You know it's a big discussion between um, Bereos and, and Stripling. It's a big discussion. Big discussion. Well, I got news for you. It's going to probably be both anyway in that right. game, right? So, like, if Barreo starts, which he should, if in my opinion, Barreo should start that game because he's more used to – he's more of a starter and you, he's the investment. He's – you know, this is what this is where you get to get paid the big bucks for, right? He would start anyway. If he does well, then you don't have to worry about anything. He's going to the fifth or sixth inning and you're good. If he doesn't go well and he gets – you start warming the guys up, well, who do you think is coming in the second inning if he gets in trouble? Stripling. Mm. <laughs> so either way, it'll work out for you. It'll work out for you either way. You don't have to. I don't think you have to pin down one guy. I think it's whoever your third starter is might go in game one. Like you don't have time. That's this is where like this is the awesome part about. It. I think we'll talk about managers later, but this is what sets the managers apart here. How well do you use your staff? Like maybe your third start guy in the start um, rotation can't wait for a game three. You might have to do a game one. Mm-hmm. Just for example. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? Like, I'm not a fan of uh, of bringing in guys that are starters. Um, like, 95% of the time, I'm not a fan of that. When it's, like, all hands on deck, final game, yeah, you're throwing everybody. Like, I didn't like a couple of years ago when Dave Roberts went to Clayton Kershaw in the playoffs, uh, you know, but... You know, it's it's all hands on deck, and it's a Hall of Famer. So uh, at, at that point, I do understand it. Most of the time, I don't like it. Like, I don't like it early in the series when, when managers do that because then I think your bullpen's saying, what the hell, you know? Like, if it's all hands on deck and your bullpen is tasked, yeah, then then I get it. Um, okay, so the, the, the Jays-Seattle series is interesting. It's in Toronto. It would have been interesting if it was in Seattle because you know what happens in Seattle every time the Jays are in town. Do. What do you think that would have been like? Oh, my God. I, I would actually, you know what? I, I'd be curious. I would have been curious to see. I know the Jays fans wouldn't want that, but, like, I, I would be curious. I would have to imagine it would be basically the more or less the same as it always is when you go there. <laughs> I don't think it would change. They, they will spend the money. Like, they will – pay to go that um that would be really weird though i it's almost too weird actually if you're if you're think about it from the mariners point of view yeah that's gotta I be know. strange you have you host your first play you would be, in, in this case they'd be hosting their first playoff game god knows and in, in however long and next thing you know they get they get outdone by the blue jays fan that would be, actually come in for you know thinking from the mariners side i wouldn't like that no i should make I feel bad about that it happens in the NFL at times too, right? Where, you know, the oh, whole, sure. like it used to happen in San Diego all the time. The San Diego Chargers fans would sell their tickets and there would be always more opposite uh, opposition fans uh, there than anything. Uh, Tampa yeah. Bay and Cleveland. This is the one series I don't know where to go with because on one hand you have Cleveland riding the great, uh, the year that they had and, and, you know, it's almost like making the playoffs is fine. And the other hand, you have Tampa Bay who always seems to have the talent to get it done. What do you, where do you go in this series? It's literally flip a coin. 
I'm, this is a, for me, this is a flip, flip the coin series. Like I could see it going any, any which way. If you, you know, I, I would, I'm going to go with Tampa. I'm going to go with Tampa. Um, just because I feel like when it, when it's all said and done, it comes into those, those clutch moments, those, those situations where you just need to get it done. Um, I think they're going to get it done when they need to just getting those runners in a scoring position. Um, Cleveland, I mean, it's also nice to be on Cleveland side because every, this is bonus now, right? They're in bonus time. This is like kind of house money. Yeah. They're going to go on with literally no pressure. Like just, it's the best when you can play relaxed, especially in the playoffs. If you can just be relaxed, they have nothing. They've proven it all. Like they've already proven it, right? We've seen it. Um, I think ultimately if the Rays starters do what they're supposed to do, I think, I think the Rays will win. If the Rays starters get in trouble, well, there's the coin flip again. It goes, I think it sways back to Cleveland. Yeah, and, and it's going to be fun watching this Cleveland team, just like that Baltimore team uh, in, in kind of the coming years, um, to see who can really take that next step and, and really contend. Uh, you know, the one thing we've been talking about with Albert Pujols is the home run chase and trying to get 700. I completely forgot he was, uh, that's the all-time home run leaders right there, 703. But a lot of people, and I, including myself, didn't realize about the RBI uh, number two spot that he was chasing and almost makes you wish he would come back one more year to try and pass Hank Aaron, but to pass Babe Ruth, a uh, tough week for Babe Ruth. He gets passed in home runs in a season and uh, Albert Pujols passes <laughs> yeah, him tough. in RBIs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tough, tough for him. No, Babe Ruth, I mean, he's always, for me, he's always, for me, he's always going to be the best player ever, but like, um, but whatever. Uh, look, the number, it speaks for itself. I'm always in the line of thinking, like, if the player wants to come back, like, go for it. But at the same time, it all depends on the makeup of the player. Like, a lot of times they'll be like, well, I don't want to just come back for the sake of it, just to kind of get these numbers and you take up a spot. And and, it's, and it becomes a bit of almost a distraction. It becomes too me-ish. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I think people like like players like Albert, like, they don't want that. They're, they're, some players are okay with it, um, but, like, some crave it, I think. But other ones are kind of like, no, this – you know, I don't want to, I don't want this to be like my last, you know, go around. I think to go out on top the way he is, I think, sure, those thoughts will creep in. He'll be like, well, maybe I could do another. But I think once you make up your mind, um, go out on top for sure. If he came back, who knows? It's it could, You never know. Yeah, it's weird. Aaron Donald did the same. He re- won a Super Bowl, said he was retiring, wrote his retirement letters, and was back in the game last night. He came back because he can. But Albert has said all along, "I am going to retire. I'm going out." And and you're right. I think it's a it's a it's a really cool story. Um, you and oh, yeah. I have talked about MVP. Oh, sorry. Did you want to add on to that? No, no. I just I, I agree with you. Like I, I I think it's just amazing. It's great. Like just to see that you're the best guys, like the best players that we've seen kind of go out on top it. And just to remember where he came from, like not drafted in the 40th round or yeah. Yeah. Right. Like late. really late. Was it? No, uh, I think it was somewhere there. Wasn't it like 20th round or 30th or something. And you know what? I remember like, I'm going off topic a bit, but I remember asking the scouts, a couple scouts that I knew, they like, just with the J just killing time even just like, Hey, what happened here? And he said his body, he came up as a second baseman and his body wasn't good for a second baseman. That's it. Like there wasn't anything more. It wasn't like, like it, it wasn't, they didn't say anything other than that. It was just a lot of times scouts or, or whatever, for whatever, you know, they put a lot of thought and a lot of like emphasis on the way a body, their bodies are. And if it, it didn't fit second base position, so like, well, we don't really have a spot for him because they didn't think he was going to be an incredible hitter. They thought he'd be good. 
right? Maybe, yeah. but I mean, we all know what it's like when you draft somebody. You never, there's never a sure thing in baseball to get to get drafted and then go up to the majors. It's so hard. Yeah. It really this, is. Like the cool yeah. story with Pujols is you're right, 13th round and. Tampa Bay scout Fernando Arango recommended that they sign pool holes. And when they didn't, he quit. <laughs> that's, that's how much he believed in this guy. <laughs> oh, and then he's, you know, and nobody did really. He went to the 13th round, but. Uh, 13th round. Uh, yeah. Right. Th- yeah. That guy actually, he quit. That's how sure he was. Yeah. That's a wild story. Yeah. Right. Uh, let's talk about the Cy Young uh, uh, race. Um, you know, we've talked about the MVP uh, race, and I think a lot of people have, have talked about that. Maybe we'll get into yep. that in a bit. But the Cy Young uh, odds, uh, these are the odds uh, that I that I got last night. I don't know if anybody is catching Justin Verlander, even though he had that stint on the uh, the IL. Uh, but do, do you expect him to be the Cy Young winner when all, said, uh, all is said and done in the AL? I do, Dean. I do. I have him. I have him as my first. The reason why I have him, is you got to take that into effect, like into account that he got hurt, so he missed some innings there. But his, it, it's too good, even despite that. You know what I mean? Like, like to have your ERA under under two, and to have a WHIP under one, and to just basically be absolutely dominant every time you take the mound. I mean, look, he, it's too good, despite that he doesn't have the same amount of innings as um, Manoa. But who would your Verlander's my guy? Who who do you have as your next two? Let's call it. Um, in the American League, uh, my number two guy. I think I might go with Otani. Actually, I I, I like what <laughs> Dylan Cease has done, but I'll probably go with Otani. Yeah. And and Framber Valdez has just been so automatic. Um, I know I, I I like I like Alec Manoa, but those other two guys I think would be my number two and three. Oh yeah. I, I like those two guys. I, yeah, I had. Uh, it's so funny that Otani's in this conversation <laughs> after everything we talked about last week. My my controversial pick that I'm still sticking. I'm still staying with it as him as my MVP. I, I am, despite how crazy Judge is. Like, but but let's keep in mind if Judge does win, it's not like I'm going to go. Oh, how how like yeah. what's going on around here, right? So um, anyway, be that as it may, I have Manoa and even Shane Bieber in that conversation oh, as well. Oh, okay. That's for, cool. For what, yeah. what if Judge I, I doesn't at, get 62? Does that make Otani the MVP? No, 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 no it doesn't, it doesn't change. Uh, okay. That, that, that part probably doesn't change for me. And it's only because of what Otani's done. Judge, again, Judge literally can't do anymore. If there was no Otani, if Otani was that much even not as that much, not as good as he is. Yeah, I'd still take. I would take Judge. Like right. it, t- it takes Otani to be two superstars rolled into, rolled up into one. So it's like, just recently, I think he got uh, he got 30, 30 million in um, arbitration, yep. right? Yep. Record. Right? Think about it this way: What if you cut him? <laughs> yeah. Not literally. Not literally. <laughs> put him in half, right? So he's he's a pitcher and a hitter. So imagine he made fifteen million as a hitter, fifteen million as a pitcher. Those are two undervalued contracts right there. For yeah. Him. Yeah, it's a really good way what, what of looking at it. You, yeah, what would you pay a pitcher of his caliber and a hitter of his caliber? What would you pay, like, just for a year, an average an average salary? What would it be? Oh, he'd be $20 million, e- easily. Easily, right? So you're looking at 40, it should be $40 million for the year. Like, 30 is too little, I think. <laughs> yeah, if it continues, they, if it goes like this. It yeah, it was like a this. record arbitration, and they'll, you know, obviously the new, it's, it's basically uh, a placeholder for him, for the new owner to come in and then, you know, decide what right. he wants to do. Right. 
What about in the right. NL? Uh, you mentioned about the innings. Well, nobody's pitched more innings than Alcantara in, in Miami, and he's not going to pitch again, but that still shouldn't factor it in. Um, I'm a Dodger guy, and I still, uh, because of the workload, I, I know when, when we talk about MVPs and playoffs, so Urias should get it because of that. But I still, I, I still, in a day and age where we don't see pitchers go deep, uh, I like the guy who leads the uh, the league in innings and had a pretty good season to boot with other numbers. What do you think? Uh, he's my pick, um, hands down. Alcantara, he's, that's my pick. I mean, like you, you've said it yourself. Today, in today's game, to throw six complete games is actually a big deal yeah. these days. It really is. That back when we started watching, like you know, we're like that was your fifth starter would throw ten complete games. Your fifth starter. Um, so like it's him for sure. I mean, the ERA, second in ERA, you know, obviously first innings pitched, sixth in strikeouts, fifth in whip. Like he, he's my guy. He's my guy. If I had to pick, if if I had, if I couldn't pick him, and I was going to pick the next two, I like Corbin Burns uh, from mm. Milwaukee as well. I throw him in that in that mix. I don't see him on I don't see him on your list, but no, he's not um, on the odds at all. Yeah, no, those are the Go those check. are the official odds from. Uh, and I, I, actually, I can't remember where that where I got those from, yeah. but he's not even on the list there, which is kind of surprising because he was having a pretty yeah. awesome season. I would I would check I would check his numbers out. I would check his numbers out, um, especially for your for the fantasy guys out there. You can you would they probably have picked up on him. I mean, he led the National League in strikeouts. With 238, with the year I under three, I mean, you it's can't. That he's not on that list. He that. might be right under Nola. You know, maybe I just took the top five, so he's probably. Yeah. I'm guessing he's on the board uh, at some point. Sure, sure, and the and the Milwaukee, you know, they, they had a great year. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it's yeah. I mean, I like your the list is great. Can't argue with Ur- Urias. Like, he's such a stud. Like he, his stuff's unbelievable. He's he, he as long as he stays healthy, knock on wood. He, for the he'll be on this list for every every year, I think. Who's that? Um, uh, Urias. Oh yeah, yeah. I, he's yeah. you know what? Le, yeah. he, the Dodgers had me at left-hander from Mexico because certainly yeah. they had success yeah. with yeah. Fernando, and I I really like uh, Urias and and you know he piles up the wins. Um, yeah. You know it's funny. Walker Bueller was always the heir apparent, and now they have so many options. You got Bueller, you got May, you got Gonsolin, you got Urias. Like they're just they're they're an embarrassment of riches in their starting yeah. rotation in in LA, and 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 maybe that's yeah. where let's go next is the manager okay. of the year, um, and and something that oftentimes in leagues the coach of the year or the manager of the year is given to like the 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 what's the most improved team and certainly yep. you, you're getting that in in the guardians because terry francona is going to get a lot of uh a lot of ink when it comes to the manager of the year but in the nl side it's actually probably going to go to a guy who won the most games which is such a novelty and and i mean th- this dodger team is top five all time for single season wins and they're not getting talked about because they're so far ahead and sometimes People could say, oh, they got such a good team. Dave Roberts isn't the manager of the year. But I think this year, he really has earned the manager of the year. I can't argue it. Like, we, we just take it for granted. We just take the organization, how well they are. Like, that's a well-oiled machine. The Dodgers are just the – they are the perfect franchise. They're just run from top mm-hmm. to bottom. I always say, ownership – like, your team's only going to be successful – by your owners. That's it. Like your owners, they, they literally lead the way they, they pave the path and it just trickles on them. Once it's good up there, it just trickles on down that Dodgers team. 
I mean, it's not a, it's not an accident that they keep getting these pit like everyone you just mentioned, right? So you have like I don't know how you can argue, Roberts. Just don't take it for granted. But you know, um, not everyone can manage a team like that. Like you can also screw it up. Yeah. Like people don't people don't realize that as well. Like you're like, oh, it's so easy. All you have to do is put it, turn the lineup in, and just sit back and watch. Mm. Again, I always tell her. I don't tell everybody, but like the thing to keep keep remembering about managers is always not what you see on the field. What you see on the field is the game. Everything you work to goes into that game to manage it. The way, you know, you drop your plans, and everything. It's everything you don't see, um, and and he must be acing that. And we don't see it, but he must be acing that because you even the talent you won't get that record if the manager doesn't have things at that nice even. You know what I mean? That nice even yeah. kill. You won't get the results. You won't get it. And that's why managers get fired. They get in the way sometimes. They get in the way. And I always thought Cito was the best at that. Like for the, those Jays teams, he there was no better manager for that for that team. Just don't ask him. He's not going to go and manage the Tampa Bay Rays. Like he's not going to. He can't mix and mangle the line. He doesn't want to. It's not his style. It's not what he. He was that's a not field guy, style, right? Yeah, Roberts is in this. I gotta think that Roberts and Gat and Cito are in that same that that same, Dusty Baker same thing. Right. Yeah. They're in yeah. that same class that that like they know exactly what to do with the people they're managing. It's more about the relation the, the communication, the building you have with those players and knowing what they're all about than it is really pinch hitting for this guy or putting that guy batting fifth or sixth. Like, Yeah. Uh, by the way, Judge just ground out into a double play. So he's going to end. I, I'm guessing that's his. I didn't even think he would get a fifth at bat. Uh, but this game, it's now five, four. Bottom of the ninth. So I guess if Texas ties it up and it goes a few extra innings, he might get another one. But I, I really think Aaron Judge is gripping it. I, I think he is really, really wanting that number 62 so bad. And yeah, it's kind of cool that it might happen in the very last game of the season, but I'm sure uh, he would like to have gotten it done. The only thing I will say is this might be a good thing for Yankee fans for the playoffs because if he if he wants the 62 chases yeah. over, maybe he lightens up and just swings freely because it really seems like this is kind of getting to him a little bit. Hitting is the hardest thing to do in all of sports. It's the reason why when you fail seven out of ten times, you're amazing, right? You're incredible if you fail. Can you imagine if you failed seven out of ten things that you did every time? That you, would not, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't be considered incredible, right? I wouldn't be married anymore. Well, right? <laughs> yeah, touche, right? So, like, so with, with Judge, the only way to hit, the only chance you have is to have a clear mind. It's got to be clear. You, to focus, like, you've, it's got to be, you got to be clear. It is so hard. It is so hard when you have those. When you have that thing, it's it, it overpowers your brain. Your brain is so it's such a powerful thing. It's your biggest muscle in your body is your brain. Mm-hmm. And if that's not clicking because of this um, distraction, if you will, it's so hard. You just hope that a pitcher makes a mistake and he just hits it. That that that's really it. But the, it's so hard also because he can't tell the pitcher how to pitch to him. So if the pitchers don't want to pitch to him, and he knows and he's got this like tick tick tick. I got to get my sixty two before the season ends. You're going to swing at bad pitches. You're going to swing at bad pitches. You're probably not going to have a home run. So, um, unless you're Vladimir Guerrero. But, you know. So then, so, and, and going back to your manager of the year, if you didn't, if you didn't have the Dodge, if you didn't, how about, what, what's your take on uh, Showalter, Buck Showalter? Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's, he's done a great job. Um, I think that's kind of in the Terry Francona uh, mm-hmm. kind of area too, right? Where, um this is a guy who's, uh, you know, turned things around. And, and again, another another team that's, you know, probably 
like you said, playing with, with house money. Um, so I don't know. I like, if I look in the, in the national league, um, obviously I think what Atlanta did, uh, is, is pretty impressive as well. Uh, after losing yeah. Freddie Freeman. Um, so 100%. I, like I, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, St. Louis Phillies back in, but, uh, probably I, I, I throw it at Atlanta if I wasn't going to give it to the Dodgers. Yeah. Oh, again, take it for granted, right? How good of a job he he's done. It's just like, oh, but they have so much talent. Again, but someone has to make sure that that all mixes together and that it's a balance and that it actually translates onto the field for wins and losses. That's not – if people think that's easy, I'm telling you it is not. Yeah. It's like coaching it Canada's not. Olympic hockey team. It's not that yeah. easy even though you have stars or whatever. So you all yeah, – Not it, everyone a, can do a lot it. Of it. A lot of it is when you have stars is managing the personalities and, and making sure everything's fine that way and – you know, the, 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 then the rest kind of handles itself. And that's probably what you said about Cito Gaston, yeah. what he was so good at is managing those personalities. Yep. He just, I'm not going to get in the way. Here's what everybody's job is. You guys all have a clear job to do. I'm going to give it to you because I trust you. If I take you out, if I move you down in the lineup, if I take you out, I, you, I've just showed you I've lost confidence in your ability and that's going to hurt you on the field. So I'm going to stick with you, whether anyone likes it or not. Sorry, that's the way I manage and, it translated to World Series, so he didn't do too bad of a job. Yeah, worked out pretty well. All right, so before yeah. we let you go, uh, got to tell us about what's your call sports. I love what you guys are doing. I threw a video together for you guys. I know some other people yeah. have, so tell everybody uh, where they can find it and, and how much fun they can have. Yeah, absolutely. What's your call sports? Go to our YouTube channel, WYC Sports on YouTube. Um, check us out on TikTok. We have a pretty good channel there as well. Our team does an amazing job. Um, there's about four or five of us, and um, we get together – you know, twice, two or three times a week, and we're trying to come up with some ideas for content. So soon we're going to come out with, we want people to voice their opinion on robot umpires. That's what we asked, you know, Dean, we asked you to do that. Andy as well. Um, so we want your opinion. We want your take. You know, this, you know, this, we haven't seen anything like this before. And it could change the whole complexity of the game, really. Um, you know, all of a sudden you have an automated strike zone. Um, what's that going to do to the game, right? So what's your call? We want to hear everybody's opinion. They're all good. We'd love to talk about it. That's what it's all about. It's engagement. And, you know, you're talking about something that you enjoy. It's sports. It's baseball. But it's also the ins and outs of the game and things that, you know, what do you like to see? What do you want to watch? What's, you know, what, what do you find interesting? That's, that's WYC Sports. What's your call? Well, I always say an opinion can't be wrong. So bring the opinions, be respectful, yep. and have some fun with your fellow sports fans. Uh, I, I love yeah. chatting with you, Eric. It's such a, a neat insight that you bring. And uh, I can't wait to do it next Tuesday when we're actually going to have playoff games. I'm like, Friday afternoon is going to be it's, it's kind of like Christmas for me. So I can't wait for it, and I can't wait to chat with you next week again. Uh, it's going to be great. Absolutely. I enjoy doing this as well, Dean, anytime, my friend. All right. There's Eric Grossman from What's Your Call Sports. Check it out. Uh, at uh, WYC Sports on Twitter and get in the game, get in the debate. Uh, Face Palm Circus says uh, Judge is trying too hard. Yeah, and uh, Maria Maria says Eric, you're awesome. So there you go. The listeners and the viewers continually want more Eric. Less Dean, more Eric. Uh, great baseball chat, uh, insight uh, that not everybody has, and uh, that's why we love bringing. Although Face Palm Circus JP says the largest muscle is the gluteus maximus. Well, the most important muscle is the brain. Let's go with that. The most important muscle is your brain. All right. Speaking of Aaron Judge, speaking of, Aaron Judge uh, is trying to hit home run number 62. We have exclusive 
fake locker room sound of Aaron, Aaron Judge giving himself a pep talk. We're going to bring you that exclusive fake locker room audio when we come back. This is Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily on Ultimate Fantasy Sports Twitch channel. ready to race at great heights to become the global sim racing champion create your crypto livery enter with the best designs enter to win prizes outrace your competition winning is all that matters watch the other racers in your rear view mirror Gain massive exposure battling against the biggest names in crypto with a season-long race for the championship. Bring glory to your token. Drive like a champion, win it all. Be first or last. If you're not rubbing, you're not racing. Get behind the wheel and drive for your project. All right, the Ultimate Crypto Drivers Championship uh, is uh, going to be phenomenal, and you're going to want to be involved for sure. VR1 Racing is a crypto-centric professional sim racing league. The primary goal is to provide an effective marketing tool for crypto projects to get noticed. It's very expensive uh, to do that in the crypto chain. This is not. VR1 Racing provides a year-long entertaining platform that gives ongoing exposure for you. Full broadcasts on Twitch and YouTube, Metaverse watch parties, design contests, and more. This is a really solid marketing opportunity all over this thing. More details can be found at uffsports.com slash VR1. It's going to be fun, and it's so realistic. Uh, I think those uh, races and those watch parties are going to be absolutely dynamite, as uh, J.J. Walker used to say. All right, it is uh, just before 5 p.m. Eastern time. My name is Dean Millard. Thank you very much for joining me on Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. Eric Grossman was our guest last segment. If you missed it, you can catch it later on YouTube or uh, we'll get it out in uh, podcast format as well. But right now, it is time uh, for something that we like to have a little fun with. 
and it's called fake locker room sound. Remember the word fake. And this is actually uh, locker room sound that we received from our scout about Aaron Judge. This is wild. This is Aaron Judge before today's game. And during, actually. I don't know how we got the uh, the 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 audio during the game. We must have a mic on Aaron Judge. But check it out. Aaron Judge, fake locker room sound, trying to hit home run number 62. Hats for bats. Keep bats warm. Glasses. En este momento, para que me des el poder, para conquistar el fútbol, te daré mi devoción, para siempre poderoso. Hey, pasa there, Pedro? Bats. De así. I cannot hit curveball. Straight ball, I hit it very much. Curveball. That's our friend. I asked Joe Boo to come. Take fear, that's. I offer him a cigar. Wrong. He will come. You know, you might think about taking Jesus Christ as your savior instead of fooling around with all this stuff. Shit, Harris. Ah. Jesus. I like him very much. He no help. You trying to say Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? Okay, Harris, let's not start a holy war here. She stopped not to Look, I go to you. I stick up for you. You know help me now. I do it myself. Alright. Aaron Judge. Saying, if you don't help me hit the curveball, Joe Boo, I do it myself. So there you go, Aaron Judge, fake locker room sound, trying to hit home run number 62, which he did not do today. Judge uh, went one for five. He'll line drive into center field in the eighth inning. But his average has dropped to 310. Like, there's, no, I, I, if Judge doesn't win the triple crown, do you give the MVP to Otani? If he doesn't get to 62, do you give the MVP to Otani? I think it's a question that uh, you can be asked. That's for sure. But we'll see. There's still little ways away uh, when it comes to the season wrapping up. Uh, some news to tell you about. Uh, this is not terribly surprising. Tony Larusa will not return as manager in 2023 for the White Sox. I think that's good anyway. Like, once Tony La Russa started walking guys on weird counts, it was time to start looking around. I hope the health situation turns around. But I think Tony La Russa's, he's, he's ready to go. Uh, the Cardinals, by the way, signed uh, Gianni, uh, Giovanni Gallegos to a two-year deal with an option for 2025. And then the... I was looking at the 2023 free agent class for Major League Baseball. By the way, this would have been Gallego's first free agent season. Uh, they got him from the Yankees for uh, 
Chason uh, Chevry, uh, oh, with lefty uh, Chason Chevry for Luke Voigt, which was obviously an impactful deal. He's been the best reliever over the last four years. A .89 whip, 4.86 strikeout to walk ratio in 212 relief appearances. And he has 33 saves. So he made $2.41 million this season. Really, sometimes those trades are the best. Where you, you're, you think it's a throw-in. So the, the free agency class for third baseman in 22-23 is not great. Unless Nolan Arenado opts out of his contract without negotiating a new deal with the Cardinals. And that makes the third base class a lot more interesting. Without Arenado, it's pretty average. Justin Turner. The Dodgers are probably going to grab that for $16 million. Brandon Drury. I don't know. Uh, also, Marlins shortstop Miguel Rojas is going to have surgery on his wrist to report, repair a torn triangular fibrocartilage complex. Wow, TFS or TFCC. Just, let's just go with that next time. He's been playing through the injury since late July. He'll be ready for spring training. Good news, Mariners activated Julio Rodriguez. That's especially good news for Mariners fans, not good news for Blue Jays fans, and really good news for those whose fantasy baseball leagues stretch into the playoffs. And the Rays have recalled uh, Vidal Brujon. Uh, they selected uh, Kevin Hergert and optioned Miles Mastrobuani to AAA. And the Yankees activated Miguel Castro, designated Chichi Gonzalez for an assignment. All right, when we come back, we're going to dive into the NHL hot and heavy here on Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. Big contract for Matt Barzell. Good news for a Montreal Canadiens rookie. And my projections for the top 10 centers in the NHL this year. Plus, we are going to have a double shot preview of the Flyers and the Senators presented by Dauber Hockey. We'll also dive back into some more NFL fantasy news We'll see what else comes up. Plus, your comments, what you want to chat about, and more in the Twitch chat. By the way, if you're watching on Twitch and you don't like the commercials, a full subscription gets you commercial-free watching of Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily and other programs on Ultimate Fantasy Sports Twitch channel. We are back right after this short break. I'll grab a quick drink of water and... We will get into things from a hockey perspective. This is Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. We're back in just a second.
Eastern Time. My name is Dean Millard. Thank you so much for sticking around here on Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. We are here Monday through Friday, 4 p.m. till 6 p.m. Eastern, and uh, the show is available in replay format on uh, YouTube, Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network, and just search Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network wherever you find the best podcasts, and you can find all of our shows in uh, podcast format. How about this, eh? Uh, this very, can't hear me now, but very cool sign. Uh, that's actually the, the farm uh, sign at my father's farm where he grew up. So that's a dry side, a lot of grout stick. So it should be worth about uh, 62 goals this year, maybe. You'll find out in my predictions coming up for top centers. But let's get to uh, quickly uh, recap our question of the day. Uh, will Aaron Judge hit home run number 62 today or tomorrow? He didn't hit it today. One more game tomorrow. All early games tomorrow. So that's going to be wild. All the games are early. So Aaron Judge, you can vote uh, on Twitter, at Duck Millard. Right now it's 50-50. Uh, so you can still have your say and vote on our poll question. Our top three, as we dive into some more hockey talk. Uh, what is your, who are your Vesna candidates? I'm going with Igor Shesterkin, Darcy Kemper, and Jake Ottinger. Did get a few sent in on uh, Twitter. Gord of Thunder says, Ilya Sorokin will win it as the Islanders have a bounce back season in front of them. Hashtag rose colored glasses. Yeah. Hey, if you're if you're gonna wear glasses, they might as well be rose colored. JP says Vasilevsky, Frederick Anderson, UC Soros of the Predators. That's a good one. You, Freddie Anderson, if he's healthy, has an opportunity. That Kane seems gonna be good. Thanks very much, JP and uh, Gord of Thunder, uh, for chiming in on that. Oh, geez, Jays might not even play tonight. Ugly weather, according to Mike Wilner on Twitter, said if there's no games tonight, the Blue Jays have been told there will not be a doubleheader tomorrow, just the 4.05 Eastern time start, then home for the playoffs. Because they don't they don't want to go any deeper. So that's interesting. That would be probably better for the Blue Jays. Just rest up, get your rotation ready, and, and go. Have a, a bullpen day tomorrow or throw your fifth guy out there. Whoever's not going to be starting starts tomorrow. All right, let's get into some uh, more hockey talk. And this is the big news in the uh, hockey world today. And that's Matt Barzell getting a brand new deal that is going to kick in next year. And indeed, he is money Matt Barzell now. I don't understand this. I really don't get why the New York, like we just had, we just chatted yesterday with Kyle Hall and we were like, it's kind of a weird off season for the Islanders. You know, they tried to get Johnny Gaudreau and then that's it. That's all they seem to do. Oh, and they, they fired a really good coach in Barry Trotz. And so like, what is Lou doing? Like what kind of team is Lou building? This is a team massively filled with veterans. 
Like, you look at New Jersey, New York, and the Islanders, it's like the Islanders are living in an old folks' home compared to the other two. Matt Barzell is young. He's 25 years old, so they're not all ancient history. But it's a weird time to give Matt Barzell such a massive contract. He has never came close to his output in his rookie season of 85 points. So I don't know what is going to happen with this Islander team. Is Lou trying to get, is Lou pulling a George Costanza and he's trying to get fired? It's like when you, you don't want to break up with a girlfriend, so you do bad things and you want her to break. Is that what Lou is trying to do? Because in Lou, we trust doesn't seem to be working. Matt Barzell bangs out of the gate with 85 points in his rookie season, 17-18, 2017-2018. Since then, he's had 62, 60 in 68 games. That was a pretty better season, so almost a point per game. That would have been in the 70s. 45 and 55, and 59 and 73. He's not a point per game guy in his career. And he just got paid. I mean, in a world where we're not sure what is exactly happening with the cap, Matt Barzell just hit the lottery. Coming off a three year contract that he signed in 2020 or 2020 of $7 million, where he was good, but not great. Now, Lou Lamorello signs him to an eight year deal worth over $9 million. Child, please. What? You ever want to get back to the playoffs? Playoffs? Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. This is a bizarre move by Lou. Don't get me wrong. I think Matt Barzell is a good player. But this, this is your... Your cap is like what? What do you? So we, I guess we know where the Johnny Gaudreau money went. Anders Lee, thirty-two. Brock Nelson, thirty. Josh Bailey, thirty-three. J.P. Pajo, twenty-nine. Kyle Palmieri, thirty-one. Casey Zizekas, thirty-one. Cal Clutterbuck, thirty-four. Matt Martin, thirty-four. Zach Parise, thirty-eight. I mean. Is this an alumni game or an NHL team? I, 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 I like Barzell. I just don't know if I want Barzell making $9 million. And if he is, he's, he's got to be a point-per-game guy. What are your thoughts on the Matt Barzell signing in New York? Especially I'd love to hear from Islander fans because I don't get it. Matt Barzell's loving it getting paid on Long Island. Wow. Also, this is kind of interesting. Uri Slavkowski skating on a line with Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. Like Montreal Canadian fans, how freaking excited are you about that? We don't swear here. What are we? We're we, 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 
Uri Slavkovsky, I know Arnie's got to be going crazy. I don't know where Arnie is in the chat, but he, maybe he's too busy reading about Slavkovsky. But he was on the top line with Suzuki and Cole Caulfield ahead of tonight's preseason matchup in Ottawa. Is this yesterday or is this today? Sorry, I just want to make sure. Yeah, this is today. So Suzuki is actually going to make his uh, debut. Uh, he had a lower body injury. And then he signed his big deal. So Caulfield, Suzuki, Slavkowski. Well, we're going to get a look. I, I still think, listen, we're going to talk about Dylan Holloway in a second, but I still think when you look at the start of training camp, there's one thing. Halfway through training camp, there's another level. The end of training camp, those last couple of games, another level. First 10 games, first 20 games, all of that keeps going up and up and up and up and up. And so be excited, sure. You can be excited that a guy is, is uh, on the top line to start, but just watch how it goes as the preseason, as the AHL lineups get thinned out and more and more NHL lineups dive in. Uh, Danny DeKaiser uh, has been released from his PTO from the Vancouver Canucks. John Stevens, Noel Juleson, Brady Keeper, uh, Guillaume Brisebois, and Colin Dillia have been placed on waivers. Oh, this is interesting. Uh, Jeff Skinner, Tage Thompson, and Vinny Hinnestros are the top line uh, for the Buffalo Sabres tonight. Jack Quinn, uh, Casey Middlestat, and Alex Tuck as the second line. The Sabres have some good young pieces, too. I think that people should be uh, excited about the pieces that the uh, the Buffalo Sabres have uh, coming along. All right, so let's talk a little bit about uh, scoring centers. And this is the, uh, and this is, by the way, uh, all this data is from NHL.com. So if they're listed as a center by NHL.com, they're going to be a center for our purposes here. And this is uh, the top scoring centers, again, according to NHL.com, from last year. McDavid, number one. Huberto, Dreisaitl, I'll go down the list. And you might say Huberto's not a centerman, but he's a listed as a uh, centerman. Now, Tony liked the alumni game. Well, they're old. Those guys are old, man. So these are the centers from last year, one through ten, and what they did. Now, here are my projections when it comes to centers in the NHL this year. And I want to hear from you. I want you to tell me where I'm wrong. If you do think I'm wrong. So I think McDavid's going to lead the league. I think he's going to get 50 goals plus. And he's going to end up with 136 points. That's my prediction for this year. I think Drysdale's right behind him. He's going to have 62 goals and 131 points. So they're going to be 1-2. I think Jonathan Huberto is going to have a great year. He's going to play in all kinds of situations again. Um, and and the, the West is going to be fast and, and explosive. And I think he's number three. I've got McKinnon. Coming in with almost a 40-goal season, just under 120 points. Jack Eichel, I think, scores 50 in Vegas, breaks 100 points. Austin Matthews ties Leon Dreisaitl for the the Rocket Richard. 
and has another 100-point season, 102 points, just behind Jack Eichel. Sebastian Ajo almost cracks the 40-goal mark, but he does get 100 points in my predictions. JT Miller comes in with 95. He had 99, I believe, last year. Elias Lindholm has 91, and Alexander Barkov sneaking into the top 10 with 90 points. I think it's going to be a bit of a down year for Florida, especially when you look at that blue line and some of the players that they are missing. What do you think? What do you think of my projected top-scoring centers for 22-23? I mean, like, when you look at last year's compared to this year's, the obvious newcomers are guys like Jack Eichel, um, who wasn't in, uh, obviously, the the top 10 of uh, scoring centers last year. Uh, Steven Stamkos is not on my list this year. Again, I think the Tampa Bay Lightning are t- going to take a step back. At some point, they have to, just like Tom Brady. At some point, he's have to, and, he's, and we're seeing it. So at some point, these guys are going to play so much hockey in such a short period of time that they are going to take a step back. And I think Tampa, it's this year... Uh, for them to take a step back. Nazem Kadri, Matt Duchesne, not in uh, the top 10 uh, either. Sebastian Ajo jumping into the top 10, and Elias Lindholm uh, I have sneaking into the top 10 as compared to last year. So uh, let me know where I'm out to lunch, where I'm right, if I am. And I'd love to hear your thoughts in our Twitch chat, uh, at Duck Millard. On Twitter or at UFS Network on Twitter as well. All right, Dylan Holloway. Is this guy playing his way onto the Oilers lineup? I said all along I would rather have Dylan Holloway in Bakersfield. But he's he's barging through the door right now. Last night had the hat trick. And an assist, five shots on goal. He's played a lot in different games. This is time on ice, rose steadily in the first three. And now, you know, you get four games in and there's different lineups. Four goals, two assists in the preseason. 15 shots on goal in four games. I still don't think Dylan Holloway, even if he makes the Oilers roster, is going to get enough ice time to get into the mix for the Calder Trophy. But maybe he makes the team. Would you rather have Dylan Holloway on your third line in the NHL this year or your first line in Bakersfield? I don't think Dylan Holloway is going to be the X factor in the Oilers making the playoffs. So for me, I would rather Dylan Holloway start in the AHL, be the first call-up. But again, if he plays his way under the team, you you don't send a guy to the minors. But you can send them down eventually because, as I just said, that the intensity level is going to increase, increase, increase. The rest of the preseason, the first 10 games, the next 10 games. Uh, Craig Button says it all the time. The NHL is not a training ground. So, sure, Holloway might barge his way into the opening night roster, but pump the brakes on him making a major impact. Still good to see, though. I love it. It's, it's great to see. The guy's got speed. It's awesome. Hopefully, like, I, I would love to see um, him earn it and, and warrant it. 
not just have a good preseason and then he struggles in the regular season and they keep feeding him the ice time. If he's not ready, send him down. You have that option. Every team is going to have that option uh, with a bunch of players for sure. All right. Uh, when we, oh, that was weird. I hit the wrong button. We had a wipe. Whew. When we come back, uh, we are going to get into our Dauber Hockey double shot preview. Uh, the Flyers and Torts and all their injuries and the Senators and all their optimism. Lots of things to be excited about when it comes to our nation's capital. This is Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. We are back in just one second. It is 5.23 Eastern, uh, 3.23 or 2.23 in the Pacific time zone, 3.23 in the mountain time zone where I am uh, located. A um, couple of things to tell you about. Uh, I haven't talked about this a whole lot because I haven't been able to follow it uh, and I don't want to speak on it out of turn. Uh, but there is... Um, testifying going on uh, by Hockey Canada um, before a Canadian Heritage Standing Committee Tuesday. Again, I don't want to get too into it. Um, I would actually recommend following Rick Westhead on Twitter. He is uh, completely plugged in uh, with this thing. And, and again, I haven't followed it. I don't know what has been said. Uh, so I don't want to ignore it. This is a very, very important topic for our country, uh, for everybody, for everybody that's ever paid uh, a league fee to Hockey Canada, who everybody's ever watched. You don't have to just, you don't have to be involved in hockey to have concerns about what has gone on, you know, and, and obviously this isn't just, this is a, a bigger uh, issue of how we're raising our children in the whole world. Like, don't, this is not just a hockey thing. Don't get me wrong, but, it's focused on hockey, and Hockey Canada has to answer for this, no doubt, 100%. So that is going on. Uh, as mentioned, I haven't been able to follow it as closely, so I don't want to uh, speak out of turn about exactly what has been said. 
What I do want to get to right now, though, is our uh, Dauber Hockey team previews. And uh, we're going to start today uh, with the Ottawa Senators. And we're doing these uh, alphabetically. But the Senators had one of the winningest off-seasons in a long time. You know, Pierre Dorian, that organization was kind of a bit of a laughing stock for a while. Not anymore. They, like, they've got stars now. They traded for Alex DeBrinkett. They have Brady Kachuk. They've developed Thomas Shabbat. Those are your three stars when it comes to the Ottawa Senators. The three fantasy stars for me, and there's more, don't worry, but you're going to get points for DeBrinkett. You're going to get everything from Kachuk, and, and you're getting all kinds of power play opportunities from Shabbat. So, my top three fantasy stars uh, when it comes to the Ottawa Senators are those three guys. My breakout player is Eric Brandstrom. I think there's so much focus on Thomas Shabbat on that left side that Brandstrom's going to get softer matchups and he's going to get some second-line power play time. And then my sleeper is Jake Sanderson. The third guy on the left side, who also might see some power play time. There's going to be some movement around and, and things, and you, maybe you have two guys, uh, two lefties on the, the, the power play. I'm not sure. But I think Jeff's, uh, Jake Sanderson, Jeff's his father, uh, Jake Sanderson is, uh, and, and we still don't even have um, uh, Formanton in this lineup. So we'll see what happens with the Senators still um, and, and what they have to do in the offseason. This is what Dauber Hockey is looking at when it comes to the Sens and their lineup. That's a good top three. Or a, a good top line. Kachuk, Norris, and Batherson all doing a little bit different things. Who's going to be the big trigger man on that on this team? Is it Debrinket? Probably. You look at there's a lot of setup guys. Shane Pinto could be interesting as well, uh, depending on what happens with uh, some some contract situations. So I I'm, I'm excited about the Senators. Uh, it's unfortunate that Cam Talbot is injured, uh, so Anton Forsberg will be carrying the load now. Talbot out five to seven weeks. It was announced yesterday, and uh, they went out and got uh, Helberg from Seattle as their backup, as uh, obviously they don't think Matt Sogard is uh, ready to carry the load. So it's, it'll be interesting to see just what the Senators do. Like, I think the Senators aren't, I don't think they're a playoff team in the East. The East is, is you know, there's not much uh, change uh, there. So I, I think they're going to be in tough, but they're going to spoil somebody. They're, they're going to be... They're going to be a team that is going to upset somebody uh, when they're not expecting it. They're going to be a lot harder to play against. And, like, there are some teams you look at and you're like, ah, oh, man, there is not... Like, there's maybe a line and a half fantasy value. Not on this team. Even old man Claude Giroux. He might get 65, 70 points. 
You can go three lines almost on this team for fantasy value. Goaltending, obviously some issues. And that left side of the defense is going to be dominant. They're going to have to do something at some point to move somebody. I like the Senators, though. Not for the playoffs, but I love them for fantasy value. I really think there's a lot of value there. Now, the next team we're going to do in our double-shot Dauber Hockey preview, not a lot of value. Not so much. Child, please. Like, this is going to be a familiar theme for Flyer games. It's a rout. It's a blowout. It's some bull crap. Yeah, Flyers fans are not going to be happy. And I don't know. You tell me, if you're a Flyer fan, where's the hope? Yeah. I didn't think so. There's the hope. No hope this year. You got torts who loves his players, but has already said they have issues. Ivan Provorov is your hope. Like, I've got two defensemen in your top three fantasy stars because the rest of their fantasy forwards are either hurt or not that good. Connect me, D'Angelo Provorov. Owen Tippett has an opportunity, and the sleeper I'm putting down there is Carter Hart. Now, Carter Hart might only get 14 or 15 wins, but Carter Hart might face 35, 40 shots a game. If you have some sort of quality stat metric or shots or saves are worth a lot, like this is a strategy we went with in the Ultimate Fantasy World Junior for East End, and we won gold. We went with the goalie that was going to face the most shots. We took Latvia's goalies. So Carter Hart is my sleeper in Philadelphia because he's going to face so many gosh darn shots. What has happened in Philadelphia is awful. Shame. 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 So when you're looking at the Flyers, first of all, you got to start with John Tortorella. Okay. What sort of team is Torts going to coach? Well, I think you're going to see productive blue liners. He had that in Columbus. He's going to let his blue liners go. So Provorov, D'Angelo, probably the two guys you want to draft first off Philadelphia. Even a guy like Travis Sanheim, and well, Ryan Ellis might not ever play again. Uh, but I would look at blue liners in Philadelphia because the way Torts loves to get his blue liners involved and it's some of their best players. I'm sorry, Joel Farabee doesn't cut it. Sean Couturier is out for the season. Cam Atkinson, like that's not a number one NHL line. I'm sorry. Child, please. It's not good enough. And Travis Konechny might lead this team in scoring. He's going to be on the top line. You're, that That's not a good enough top line. Kevin Hayes has had a just... Uh, awful year with his brother dying. So, you know, hopefully he can bounce back. And I don't know what JVD, JVR has left. Does he have a 50-point season left? This is ugly. And this is going to get ugly with torts. 
So it's not going to be a lot of fun in Philly. Although, you know what? Philly fans, they're always so forgiving and everything. They'll probably be okay with it. Child, please. Anyway, whatever. This is the this is the advice for the Philadelphia Flyers and their fans. You be cocky and arrogant, even when you're getting beat. Yeah, because you're not going to the playoffs. Playoffs. Either are the Islanders. I'm sorry. Matt Barzell getting over nine million next year. I don't see it. But I can tell you what Matt Barzell is doing. He's strutting. Like this is footage of Matt Barzell after signing his deal in New York. Strutting in Long Island. He's strutting. Barzell, money, man, Matt. So some some strange things going on. I don't know what they're trying to do in Philly. I don't know what Lou is doing on Long Island. And I'm not sure what is going to happen in Edmonton with Dylan Holloway. What do you think? Do you think Dylan Holloway makes the team? Andy Mack, great show. Thank you, Andy. Love it. Chime in on Twitch, on our chat message board, or hit me up on Twitter, at Duck Millard. Do you think Dylan Holloway makes the Edmonton Oilers this year? I think he's, he might start the season, but eventually he'll find his way to Bakersfield. That's my thoughts. All right, when we return, we'll dive back into our question of the day and our top three, will Aaron Judge, we, we should be changing this now to will Aaron Judge hit home run number 62 tomorrow because he didn't hit it today. The Yankees are already done. I think every team starts tomorrow at like 2 o'clock Mountain Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, all early games, so they can all get to where they need to go for the playoffs, at least the, the teams that are into the postseason. Maria, Maria, hi, and uh, giving some cheer bits. Thank you so much. Always appreciate uh, the cheer bets. Oh, and uh, I, I somebody, you're the best around, Dino, UFF Sports. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure to be here talking about Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports. We're going to wrap the show up, get back into some NFL news, and see what else is going on. As far as news of the day, this is Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily on the Ultimate Fantasy Twitch channel. We are back in two seconds.
All right, it is uh, 20 minutes before 6 p.m. Eastern. My name is Dean Millard. Thank you very much uh, for being a part of Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily with me. We are here Monday to Friday, 4 p.m. till 6 p.m. Eastern, casual Fridays. We celebrate around here uh, as we like to have a little fun. <clears throat> Speaking of fun, I had some fun with my top projected top 10 scoring centers when it comes to the National Hockey League this year. Sound off on that in our Twitch message board or hit me up at Duck Millard on Twitter. I think Jack Eichel's going to have a huge year in Vegas. Huge year. Absolutely huge season in Vegas with Mr. Stone, former Brandon Weeking, setting him up constantly. All right. Um, wanted to dive back into uh, some fantasy football stuff that I don't know if we got a whole lot into uh, earlier. Uh, these are some waiver wire targets uh, that w- I was looking at uh, earlier. And, and obviously we, we left off with Brian Robinson Jr., um, and the fact that this is a guy who got shot in the preseason. I mean, if there's a better story than his, I don't know. But he is cleared to play and will be activated very shortly. This is a guy who had won the running back spot for Washington in the preseason. So he could be a running back one for you if he can pick up where he left off. That's asking a lot. The guy got shot. Um, I mentioned earlier, Raheem Mostert, he's out carrying Chase Edmonds. So that's obviously big news. George Pickens, 38% rosters. He caught almost everything in week four and had 102 yards, six of eight catches, career highs across the board. And Pickens and Kenny Pickett, Looked like they've been playing together for years. So I'm not going to say this guy is, like, I don't know if I, if, if I would say it's a num, uh, number one receiver situation. I don't know. I think other people will. He's going to be the number one guy in Pittsburgh, but he is only owned by 38% of rosters. He's on on thirty eight percent roster, so there's a good chance you can you can get something. It, you know what? Depending on who the rest of your receivers are, is worth picking up because there was instant chemistry. If you wait too long, somebody else is going to get him. The Denver running back situation is really interesting. Mike Boone had three carries for twenty yards, caught one pass for nine yards in the loss to the Raiders. And why was he in there? Because Javante Williams tore his ACL, and he's out for the season. Melvin Gordon couldn't hold on to the ball. And the Broncos just signed Latavius Murray. So I wouldn't trust uh, Melvin Gordon. Can't hold on to the ball. I don't think Latavius Murray is going to get a lot of action right away. So your, your big impact guy for this week could be Mike Boone. Still, it's a really tricky situation, uh, that Denver backfield. 
Like this is de- this. I'm I'm saying if you need running back depth, take a chance. Maybe a guy to stash. The number six guy on this list is a guy I told you to stash before the season. Michael Gallup will be uh, alongside Amari Cooper as a number two wide receiver. Back earlier, I think, than uh, people expected. After a torn ACL and he finds the end zone. Caught two of three for 24 yards and a touchdown. Working his way back in. This should have, guy, should have been a guy you stashed on the roster for this very moment. Hopefully you did that. If not, he's on 44% of the rosters, so there's still a chance you can get him. Jacoby Myers in New England. Um, he's out. He didn't play last week. Um, I, I'm still... I'm not crazy about uh, the Patriots. The Buffalo situation is interesting with Isaiah McKenzie. Got injured. But so did everybody else. So this is a guy who could end up having an impact uh, for the Buffalo Bills. If bodies keep dropping. Again, a depth guy. Same with Ken Walker in Seattle. Depth guy. And Tyler Conklin with the New York Jets. He's on 40% of rosters. He had 50 yards in the win over the Steelers. If he's still available in your league, it's time to jump on this guy as a tight end option. He might not be, though, because week three, he had a nine-target week. And he outscored Mark Andrews last week. So, apparently, Zach Wilson likes this guy. They, they work together in training camp. We'll see. That is the guy that I don't know if he's going to make or break, but as far as tight ends... He could work his way into the rankings. Here's a look at your tight end rankings uh, for the season. 30 points is the top five guy when it comes to tight ends, and that's Zach Ertz. Now, if Tyler Conklin, which is funny, it's the same name as a former Edmonton Oilers goaltender, If he can get into the end zone a little bit more with Zach Wilson, he's going to be on this list. Cooper Cup jumped from number five to number two with a huge night last night. And when you look at the quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson, playing for a contract, representing himself, still number one. Jalen Hurts moving up the list. Nick Chubb dominating the running backs. Saquon Barkley on a bounce-back season. You could say the same thing about Derrick Henry. This could be the redemption, the year of the redemption tour. That's what it could end up being, is the re- year of the redemption tour. By the way, if you're looking at week five and looking to make a bet, 
Head to at Duck Millard on Twitter. Click the link in my bio and get a 125% bonus on sports at BetUS. Just like that. Bet responsibly. Get a 125% bonus. Put some money down on Ty Conklin. Not the Oiler goalie. And have some fun. Link in the bio at Duck Millard. Uh, we talked earlier about the uh, AL MVP or AL Cy Young Awards. Here's the AL MVP odds. These are interesting. Aaron Judge, just ahead of uh, Shohei Otani, Jose Ramirez, and Jordan Alvarez. So obviously a two-horse race and pretty much, I think, a one-horse race for most people, except Phil Beavis. Again, if Judge doesn't win the Triple Crown and doesn't get to 62, do you swing the odds to Shohei Otani? Or is 61 and a run at a Triple Crown enough? It's an interesting question. As for the National League MVP, Paul Goldschmidt has been uh, the the leader. Like, the the AL race has been a two-horse race. This has pretty much been a one-horse race. So I think Paul Goldschmidt will win, even though Albert Pujols has stolen a lot of the attention as of late. It's uh, still, I think, uh, a one-horse race. I think Paul Goldschmidt uh, is indeed going to take uh, the National League MVP. And, and then we talked about uh, the managers of the year. I think I think it'd be kind of odd to say uh, Dave Roberts uh, isn't the uh, National League uh, Manager of the Year. I mean, only four teams in the history of Major League Baseball have won more games than the L.A. Dodgers. And that list could be just three teams if the Dodgers win their last two. The Dodgers win their last two. They end up with 112 wins. One more than the 1954 Cleveland Indians and two back of the 1998 Yankees, the Cubs of 06 and the Mariners of 01, the last time Seattle was in the playoffs, have their record at 116. However, the Cubs did it in 155 games. Better winning percentage, obviously. 763. The Dodgers winning percentage of 688 is still... um, well, it could improve, obviously, and, and they could end up. So Dave Roberts, he's gonna win. he should win manager of the year. They don't have Walker Bueller. They had pitching staff uh, issues uh, with injuries. Dustin May missed most of the season. Kershaw was injured. Chris Taylor is banged up now. So I think Dave Roberts, you know, it, it's as I said it before, a lot of times the manager of the year, the coach of the year is the, the comeback team, the you know most improved team. Well, that's the case for Cleveland and, and Terry Francona, who's probably going to win it in the AL. But in the NL, it should be going to the team that is taking a run at history, and hopefully they'll uh, add in a World Series with it as well. All right, that is going to wrap things up for us on another edition of Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. A big thanks to Eric Grossman for joining me of What's Your Call Sports. Check them out on Twitter at WYC Sports and get in the debate game. What's your call? They're going to have some fun with robot umpires 
in the next little while. Uh, so big thanks to Eric, who will join us every Tuesday. Uh, tomorrow, Tom Gazzola should be joining us as we'll talk a little bit more. We'll get the inside scoop on Dylan Holloway and more from Oilers Camp and around at the NHL. He's also a correspondent for NHL.com. So all of that uh, still to come this week. Andy McNamara, Ask Andy on Thursday. Michael Amato will join us from Dauber Hockey, and we'll get into some more Dauber Hockey previews tomorrow as well thanks very much for joining me today on the show if you missed any portion of it we'll put it up on youtube later today and it'll be out in podcast format as well so you can listen to it on your ride wherever that may take you again thank you so much for joining the show today we'll see you back here again tomorrow at 4 p.m eastern for another edition of ultimate fantasy sports daily see you later Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.